Hey everybody, welcome to Talkin' Truth, Season 9. My name is Dan Whitney, also known as the fabulous Larry the Cable Guy. I'm with my cohorts, Brian Clark and Nat Crawford, and we, uh, we're in Season 9. It's unbelievable. We started doing this series way back in 1952, <laughs> and we're now in Season 9. I love it. Who would have thought? Who would, nobody would have thought no. this. I practically Especially raised, back then. Practically raised our kids through this whole thing. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's on courage to lead today, and I hope you guys are getting something out of this. It's uh, I love coming in here and doing this, and um, we hope uh, with the world the way it is and things people are going through, um, I hope you can pull some good nuggets out of this uh, for your life. You know, the world's full of chaos. Oh, boy, and there's a lot of so-called leaders that we have that think they have all of the answers. I think we see them every day on television. But the real answers, and this is so true, are found in God's Word. And that's where we're going to go today. We're going to start a brand new series from 1 Samuel called Courage to Lead. And uh, the title of Brian's talk today is uh, A Woman of Great Courage. And like always, Brian will... uh, talk us through the lesson, and then uh, Nat and I will throw out some questions, and hopefully uh, we'll get some uh, people comforted in this. We can hope. Yeah, I think we we will. All right, Brian, take her away. Year after year, Hannah poured out her heart before God. If God would only give her a child... But year after year, she remained childless. But there was nowhere else to turn, so with great persistence and courage, she came back to God again and again. How could she have possibly known that in time, God would give her a son who would change the world? The Old Testament book of Samuel will capture the story of three significant leaders. Samuel, the great prophet who would lead his people back to God, Saul, Israel's first king, an insecure leader who never really learned how to trust God, and David, the greatest king of all time. Samuel is about leadership, and leadership is about influence. Whether you are a business owner, a stay-at-home mom, a construction worker, or a college student, God has called all of us to be leaders to influence others for Christ. But that takes courage. We'll learn a lot about that in the episodes to come. Samuel opens with the story of a courageous woman in a lot of pain. The story takes place during the tail end of the time of the judges. These were troubling times filled with idol worship and rebellion against God. Much like our culture today, it was a time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. The nation was far from God, living in bondage. Things seemed pretty hopeless. Into that darkness, we are introduced to a man named Elkanah. He was married to Hannah, the wife he truly loved, but she was not able to have children. So he added a second wife named Penina, whom he didn't really love, but she was able to give him children. Much like we saw in the story of Jacob and his four wives, this is not going to go well. The text tells us the Lord closed Hannah's womb. She was barren. In that ancient culture, that was a disgrace. 
Year after year, Elkanah would take his family to Shiloh to the tabernacle to worship. And year after year, Hannah would beg God to give her a child. To make matters worse, Penina, out of her own bitterness for being unloved, would tease and mock Hannah for her inability to have a child. Both wanted what the other had, and Elkanah was helpless to do anything about it. The text tells us this went on for many years, but Hannah had nowhere else to turn. So again and again she pled with God to give her a child. She even promised that if God were to give her a son, she would give him back to God to serve him in the tabernacle. On one occasion, Eli the priest at the tabernacle saw Hannah praying. At first he thought she was drunk because her lips were moving, but he could hear no words. Hannah explained she was not drunk, but was pleading with God for a son. Eli assured her that God had heard her prayer, and he would answer it. Hannah believed and returned home joyful. Well, sure enough, Hannah got pregnant and would soon deliver a son that she would name Samuel, a boy she would dedicate to the Lord's service at the tabernacle just as she had promised. The text tells us the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. God had been preparing Hannah and the nation for the birth of a child who would become one of the greatest leaders in Israel's history. But there's no way Hannah could have known what God was up to. All she knew was she was confused and in pain year after year. Yet in her pain, she had the courage and faith to keep pleading with God to keep asking for a child. She knew in her desperation she had nowhere else to turn. It's always good to remind ourselves that ultimately God is the main character in all of these Old Testament stories. He is mentioned 60 times in the first three chapters of Samuel. God was up to something big, but how could Hannah have known that? It must have been incredibly difficult to trust God when nothing seemed to make any sense. Life can be both painful and confusing. We wonder why doesn't God do something to change this situation? It may feel like he's not listening, or maybe like he doesn't care. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to trust him when nothing seems to be making any sense. Samuel will become a great leader and will bring an entire nation back to God. But his story starts with a courageous, faithful mom who trusted God and never gave up. You know, her song of thanksgiving is recorded in Samuel chapter 2. And the New Testament book of Luke will record the song of thanksgiving of another young mom by the name of Mary, who will use much of Hannah's song in her own song of praise. It's a reminder that the story of Samuel is but a shadow of the son of Mary, who would come to be the great savior of the world. Now, before we bring in Dan and Nat to talk about this, I want you to know that today's episode is sponsored by GoTandem, your spiritual fitness app. Download GoTandem today. That's Go, T-A-N-D-E-M, and get spiritually fit. Now let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this.
All right. So, hey, that's kind of a messy way to start Samuel, isn't it? For, well, first of all, we got sponsored. That's yeah, unbelievable. That, yeah, fine. We never had that before. I right? mean, this is getting really professional. Yeah, it took us 70 years, but here we are. Wow. I, right. can't, I can't wait for the one uh, uh, on, we'll do one on uh, Samson, and then Brian will come in. By the way, today's uh, story brought to you by Budweiser, <laughs> King of Beers, <laughs> and Gillette, Four Blades. I would have got that Samson. Oh, wow. oh nice. Four, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, first of all, uh, before we get into that, I do have a question because a lot of people always ask stuff like this about the Old Testament and uh, people that are searching and they want to know about the Bible. Why? Why did they have so many wives in the Old Testament? I mean, you read this, and it's almost like no big deal that much. Like we saw the story of Jacob, he had four wives. Blah, blah, blah. He had a second wife who he didn't really love, but... Uh, can you explain to people that might just be listening for the first time or are curious about the Bible and want to understand it? Why was it permitted to have four wives then, or was it? Why did they have four wives? Yeah, so that is a good question. I feel I like this whole thing is, takes that. place in Utah. <laughs> oh boy! So it's certainly not God's intent. One man, one woman, uh, is God's intent. So that's Genesis one and two. But I think in the ancient world, uh, I don't think it was really that common. But we do see it show up quite a bit in the Old Testament. Uh, it's about offspring. Offspring was about survival. It was about uh, growing a family because that was the basis of survival. So I don't think God ever wanted it. I don't think he favored it. But I think God tolerated it right uh i don't think you can find a single story in the old testament where somebody had multiple wives and it went well right it's always a mess well that's what i was thinking because when you see these examples i get it it was a whole different i mean we're talking thousands of years ago and i i at a whole different cultures i understand that but but you're right when you do look at it i think that uh, those who are in the Old Testament let us know what well, you just said. God doesn't really like it. He tells us not to. And if you do, uh, this is the consequences. Well, yeah, because of they, what marriage is, right. it just doesn't work with multiple partners. But it was so much about nation building and growing a people and all that had to do with protection and carrying your name on. So it was justified, and, and again, I don't think it was that common, but it certainly does show up uh, in the Old Testament. Well, I think, it's a rem- I think it's a reminder, too, to, that when we read the Bible, God's not prescribing everything that's in there, right? I mean, he simply, it's recording the events that happen. So just because, even what we read here about the play of events in, in chapter 1, it doesn't mean that some of the things that happened or people did, we're not supposed to replicate that or emulate that, but rather, hey, here's how it is. This is the way it was, and now we get to sort through it. Yeah, and I think sometimes what's confusing to people is they're thinking, then why doesn't God zap them? You know, what you see is the amazing patience and grace of God. He's still going to bless Elkanah and Hannah, even though Elkanah has more than one wife, just like uh, he blessed Jacob. So you see God's patience, right? and you see God's grace. You know, sometimes that question is more like, if God doesn't want that, then what? You're wanting God to zap them 
because they have more than one wife. It's like it's like Nat said, it isn't prescribing this. Right. It's just describing what was, and in the midst of that, God still blesses them. Right. So basically, um, yeah, well, they're going to do it. They did it. Um, they can still be blessed and still do great things. However, for their own personal life and their own uh, quality of life, it doesn't turn out that well. Yeah. And a lot it, of stress, a lot of anxiety, a yeah, lot of problems sure. that come A lot with of it. hurt. So there's a lot of problems that you take out of your life by just obeying God and having yeah. one wife, one husband. And it's not like they're out having an affair, fooling around. It's it's not like that. It's it was for it's hard for us in this culture to understand. There was for a purpose. Yeah, it was for a doesn't purpose. make it right. Right. But the motive was different than a twenty first century American fling. Yeah, I mean, because they they were doing that for purpose. Like I said, a lot of the culture had to come into it. Like you said, they were building nations and building yeah. tribes. And, yeah, but you you already said it. It brought a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. We saw this in Genesis with Jacob's family, and you you see it here. Right. Imagine Hannah and all the pain she was in, and then you got this woman that she has to share life with, mm-hmm. who's constantly making fun of her and putting her down because she can't get pregnant. It's like that that wasn't helpful at all. Right. right. So really, when you think about it in context to a modern-day 21st century relationship, it's we're talking two different things, basically. Yeah, it's, it's definitely from Genesis 2 on, it's not what God has wanted. Right. Well, and I, and I think we got to remember, too, we're watching uh, the unfolding of a story, right? I mean, here we're picking it up. Uh, in Samuel, but there's been a lot that's transpired before this. And so you think about the history and what we covered in previous seasons of, of Genesis, you really get to see how God created this this great environment, this great world, humans, and, and he, he declared the world very good and, and this creation of mankind very good. And then guess what happens? They begin to play God for themselves, and it messes it up. And so this is just the continuing uh, of the story, and we're going to see how it's unfolding. But look at what happens when someone has faith in God and puts her trust where it belongs, regardless of the circumstances around us. Uh, amazing things can happen. I think that's a great lesson for us today. Yeah, I, I think Hannah's amazing. Yep. In all the pain and all she's gone through, she just kept coming back to God. And she couldn't have possibly known that God was preparing her and preparing a nation for Hmm. something really special. You know, here we are thousands of years later. We're still talking about Hannah (laughs) and Samuel. It's like what God did was amazing, but in those barren years, Hmm. it had to have been really, really painful for her. Her and Tutan Hannah from Butte, Montana. They're the two famous <laughs> Hannahs. Right. I, here's what else is cool and why the Old Testament is so important. Um, when you just start reading and taking out nuggets uh, where you said uh, uh, the book of, book of Luke uh, records a song of thanksgiving of another young mom by the name of Mary who will use much of Hannah's song. It's really cool how... So, Almost all of the Old Testament stories reflects Jesus and what's to come to where the New Testament shows up. But 
how it, it's all tied in. Mm-hmm. It's all tied in to Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, it is really neat, a foreshadowing of, and we'll see that a lot in Samuel, of the ultimate king to come right. and the ultimate deliverer to come. Yeah. So can you help us, and for those listening today, like where does Samuel fit into the whole story of the Old Testament? That's really hard for a lot of us to, to understand. Oh, come on. Yeah, I, mean, I know you got it, but some <laughs> of us don't have the education you have. <laughs> so Genesis, which we already did, got us into Egypt at the end of the book. And then God raises up Moses, delivers the people out of Egypt ultimately into the land of promise. So that's the book of Joshua, and that's the conquering of the land. And then 400 years of the judges was a dark time where the people were far from God. And this is at the tail end of the judges and just transitioning into the time of the kings. So this technically is still under the rule of the judges until Saul becomes king. Okay, that helps. That really helps. So I've got a question for you. You know, you, you look at Hannah's faith and her petitioning to God, and she endured so much hardship as she was getting ready for this great moment. How does that apply to us today, right? Because we know she has faith. We should have faith. She petitions God. She gets what she's asked for. But does that necessarily mean that's what's going to happen to us? Yeah, that's a good question. It doesn't. I I think one of the interesting things about this story is the editorial comment, the Lord closed her womb. Hmm. So we as the reader know that God's up to something. Hannah couldn't have known that. I mean, there's lots of different reasons why women can't get pregnant. But in this case, it was God's Hmm. closing her womb because he's preparing for something. Mm -hmm. I think for us, all we can do is trust that God is faithful and God's good and he loves us. It doesn't mean we're always going to get what we want. But the the thing about Hannah is she kept coming back to God because there's nowhere else to turn. Hmm. And I think that's a good lesson for us that ultimately our lives are in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because we don't know a reason for why things are the way they are doesn't mean there isn't a reason. Hmm. It just means we don't know it. So we trust God, and we keep coming back, and we're going to have to believe he's faithful. And if it's in his will, yeah, then it'll, then it'll yeah. be answered. But we may never know. I mean, I, sometimes you hear people talk, and they'll say, someday you'll know. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't know that that's true. I think right. we, we may not know a lot of things. When we stand before Jesus, I don't think we're going to be asking those questions. I I think in that moment, it's so glorious, we move on. But I mean, the alternative is what? Become angry and bitter and turn away. And it's like, right. what? how does that make anything better? Well, when you put it that way, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't, no, geez. It doesn't make, make it any better. So may we be as courageous as Hannah and keep coming back, even in our pain, and trust God will be faithful. Yeah, and I think how you began this time talking about leadership really comes down to influence. It's not about position. And I think no matter any of us, I mean, if you look at Hannah on paper, we wouldn't necessarily classify her as a leader. But yet look at the influence she's had for thousands of years and think about how each one of us in our trials, in our struggles, in our pain, as we trust God, we will be influencing others to hopefully do the same.
Yeah, it was her great faith that brought forth a son who would change a nation. It started with Hannah and her faith, her willingness to trust God. Yeah, and for all these, you know, you always hear people when they talk about the Bible, about how women are treated in the Bible, and they'll pull out certain things. But I'll be honest, Man, you when, you, when you, huh? you look at this, right? You look at, well, you don't just look at this. You look at a ton of stories in the Old Testament. Women are like the, the main thing in mm. a lot of them. A lot of things couldn't have come forth or happened without them. Mm. Yeah, it's clear God values every person, and every person can have a huge impact in the kingdom of God if they're willing to listen to God, trust God, and then live out that faith. Absolutely. And you know, the part you said, Brian, about God's called all of us to be leaders, to influence others for Christ. I'm sure there's a lot of people that hear that and go, what am I going to do? I'm we're working on it. But you don't have to be this great pastor, like Brian Clark oh, or wow. Nat Crawford. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you don't have to be that. I'll be honest. You can be a great leader and an influencer for Christ just in the world we're living today where people are anxious and stressed out and they, are, they have no hope and they're wondering, just you having faith and understanding that um, you're a Christian and God's in charge and you know where you're going, where you're dying, and you're comfortable with that. And just you being a light in darkness and being happy and smiley and kind and people that are hurting, they'll see you and they'll go, at some point, people are going to go, Man, how can you have this attitude with everything? Don't you care what's going on in the world? Well, yeah, here's why I don't have that attitude. I have hope. I have hope in a Savior that died for me 2,000 and whatever years ago. And I follow Christ. And, uh, man, he has made my life completely different. And I am so filled with hope and joy. And they'll go, man, I want that. How do I get that? Mm. You, <laughs> that is called being a influencer of others for Christ. So you don't have to be some huge evangelist. You don't have to be this name in the Bible in in the Bible um, industry. Industry. You just have to believe in Jesus Christ and and have faith in Him, and people will start to notice. And you can be an amazing influencer. That's a fact. Hey, everybody, this is Dan here, the better looking of the three here on the crew. Hey, before I go, listen, if you have any questions at all about our series about God, the Bible, Jesus, email us at questions at talkintruth.com, talkintruth.com. And we're going to answer as many as we can in our special Q&A episodes coming up in 2024. A lot of people have questions. They're trying to learn, just like I did. I mean, you don't learn unless you ask questions. God wants us to ask questions. So send your email today to questions at talkintruth.com. Get her done.